Hello, folks, and welcome back to Bible in a Year. Today is day 284. We are starting off with Nehemiah, chapters 1 through 3. The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah. Now it happened in the month of Chislev, in the twentieth year, as I was in Susa, the capital, that Hanani, one of my brethren, came with certain men out of Judah. And I asked them concerning the Jews that survived, who had escaped exile, and concerning Jerusalem. And they said to me, The survivors there in the province who escaped exile are in great trouble and shame. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down, and its gates are destroyed by fire. When I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned for days, and I continued fasting and praying before the God of heaven. And I said, O Lord God of heaven, the great and terrible God, who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments, let thy ear be attentive and thy eyes open, to hear the prayer of thy servant, which I now pray before thee day and night, for the people of Israel thy servants, confessing the sins of the people of Israel, which we have sinned against thee. Yea, I and my father's house have sinned. We have acted very corruptly against thee, and have not kept the commandments, the statutes, and the ordinances which thou didst command thy servant Moses. Remember the word which thou didst command thy servant Moses, saying, If you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the peoples. But if you return to me and keep my commandments, and do them, though you, your dispersed will be under the far, farthest skies, I will gather them thence, and bring them to the place which I have chosen, to make my name dwell there. They are thy servants and thy people." whom thou hast redeemed by thy great power and thy strong hand. O Lord, let thy ear be attentive to the prayer of thy servant, and to the prayer of thy servants who delight to fear thy name, and give success to thy servant today, and grant him mercy in the sight of this man. Now I was cupbearer to the king. In the month of Nisan, in the twentieth year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was brought before him, I took up the wine and gave it to the king. Now I had not been sad in his presence, and the king said to me, why is your face sad, seeing you are not sick? This is nothing else but sadness of the heart. Then I was very much afraid. I said to the king, Let the king live forever. Why should not my face be sad, when the city, the place of my father's sepulchres, lies waste, and its gates have been destroyed by fire? Then the king said to me, For what do you make request? So I prayed to the God of heaven, and I said to the king, If it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in your sight, that you send me to Judah, to the city of my father's sepulchres, that I may rebuild it. And the king said to me, the, king, the queen sitting beside him, How long will you be gone, and when will you return? So it pleased the king to send me, and I set him a time. And I said to the king, If it pleases the king, let letters be given me to the governors of the province beyond the river, that they may let me pass through until I come to Judah." and a letter to Asaph, the keeper of the king's forest, that he may give me timber to make beams for the gates of the fortress of the temple, and for the wall of the city, and for the house which I shall occupy. And the king granted me what I asked, for the good hand of my God was upon me. Then I came to the governors of the province beyond the river, and gave them the king's letters. Now the king had sent with me the officers of the army and horsemen. But when Sanballat the Horonite and Tobiah the servant, the Ammonite, heard this, it displeased them greatly that someone had come to seek the welfare of the children of Israel. So I came to Jerusalem and was there three days. Then I arose in the night, I and a few men with me, and I told no one what my God had put into my heart to do for Jerusalem. There was no beast with me but the beast on which I rode. I went out by night by the valley gate, to the jackal's well, and to the dung gate, and I inspected the walls of Jerusalem which were broken down, and its gates which had been destroyed by fire. 
Then I went on to the fountain gate and to the king's pool, but there was no place for the beast that was under me to pass. Then I went up in the night by the valley and inspected the wall, and I turned back and entered by the valley gate, and so returned. And the officials did not know where I had gone or what I was doing, and I had not yet told the Jews, the priests, the nobles, the officials, and the rest that were to do the work. Then I said to them, You see the trouble we are in, how Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates burned. Come, let us build the wall of Jerusalem that we may no longer suffer disgrace. And I told them of the hand of my God which had been upon me for good, and also of the words which the king had spoken to me. And they said, Let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for the good work. When, Sal when Sanballat the Horonite and Tobiah the servant, the Ammonite, and Geshem the Arab heard of it, they derided us and despised us and said, What is this thing that you are doing? Are you rebelling against the king? Then I replied to them, The God of heaven will make us prosper, and we his servants will arise and build but you have no portion or right or memorial in Jerusalem. Then Eliashib the high priest rose up with his brethren the priests, and they built the sheep gate. They consecrated it and set its doors. They consecrated it as far as the Tower of the Hundred, as far as the Tower of Hananel. And next to him the men of Jericho built, and next to them Zakur the son of Imri built, and the sons of Hassanah built the fish gate. They laid its beams and set its doors, its bolts and its bars. And next to them Merimoth, the son of Uriah, son of Hakoz, repaired. And next to them Meshulam, the son of Barakiah, son of Meshezebal, repaired. And next to them Zadok, the son of Bana, repaired. And next to them the Tekios, the Tekoites, repaired. But their nobles did not put their necks to the work of their lord. And Joida, the son of Paseah, and Meshulam, the son of Besodea, repaired the old gate. They laid its beams and set its doors, its bolts, and its bars. And next to them repaired Melatiah the Gibeonite, and Jadon the Maranathite, the men of Gibeon and of Mizpah, who were under the jurisdiction of the governor of the province beyond the river. Next to them Uziel, the son of Ahiah, goldsmiths repaired. Next to him Hanina, one of the perfumers, repaired, and they restored Jerusalem as far as the broad wall. Next to them Rephiah, the son of Hur, ruler of half the district of Jerusalem, repaired. Next to them Jediah, the son of Harumaf, repaired opposite his house, and next to him Hattush, the son of Hashbaneh, repaired. Malkijah, the son of Harim, and Hashub, the son of Pahath-Moab, repaired another section of the Tower of the Ovens. Next to him Shalom, the son of Halahesh, ruler of half the district of Jerusalem, repaired, he and his daughters. Hanan and the inhabitants of Zanoah repaired the valley gate. They rebuilt it and set its doors, its bolts, and its bars, and repaired a thousand cubits of the wall as far as the dung gate. Malkijab, the son of Rechab, ruler of the district of Beth-Hakarem, repaired the dung gate. He built it and set its doors, its bolts, and its bars. And Shalom, the son of Kohozeh, ruler of the district of Mizpah, repaired the fountain gate. He built it and covered it and set its doors, its bolts, and its bars, and he built the wall of the pool of Shelah, of the king's garden, as far as the stairs that go down to the city of David. After him, Nehemiah, the son of Azbuk, Az ruler of half the district of Bethzur, repaired to a point opposite the sepulchres of David, to the artificial pool, and to the house of the mighty men. After him, the Levites repaired, Rehum, the son of Bani, next to him, Hashabiah, ruler of half the district of Kela, repaired for his district. After him their brethren repaired, Bavai, the son of Hanadad, ruler of half the district of Kaila. Next to him, Ezer, the son of Jeshua, 
ruler of Mizpah, repaired another section opposite the ascent to the armory at the angle. After him Baruch, the son of Zabai, repaired another section from the angle to the door of the house of Eliashib, the high priest. After him Merimoth, the son of Uriah, son of Hakoz, repaired another section from the door to the house of Eliashib, to the end of the house of Eliashib. After him the priests, the men of the plain, repaired. After them Benjamin and Hashub repaired opposite their house. After them Azariah, the son of Masseh, son of Anina, repaired beside his own house. After him Benui, the son of Hanadad, repaired another section, from the house of Azariah to the angle, and to the corner. Palal, the son of Uzai, repaired opposite the angle, and the tower projected from the upper house of the king, at the court of the guard. After him, Padai, the son of Parush, and the temple servants living in Ophel, repaired to a point opposite the water gate on the east and the projecting tower. After him, the Tekoites repaired another section opposite the great projecting tower, as far as the wall of Ophel. Above the horse gate, the priests repaired, each one opposite his own house. After them, Zadok, the son of Immer, repaired opposite his own house. After him, Shemaiah, the son of Shechaniah, the keeper of the east gate, repaired. After him, Hanina, the son of Shelomiah, and Hanun, the sixth son of Zalaf, repaired another section. After him, Meshulam, the son of Barakiah, repaired opposite his chamber. After him, Malkijah, one of the goldsmiths, repaired as far as the house of the temple servants and of the merchants, opposite the muster gate, and to the upper chamber of the corner. And between the upper chamber of the corner and the sheep gate, the goldsmiths and the merchants repaired. Our next reading is The Wisdom of Solomon, Chapter 2. For they reasoned unsoundly, saying to themselves, Short and sorrowful is our life, and there is no remedy when a man comes to his end, and no one has been known to return from Hades. Because we were born by mere chance, and hereafter we shall be as though we had never been, because the breath in our nostrils is smoke, and reason is a spark kindled by the beatings of our hearts. When it is extinguished, the body will turn to ashes, and the spirit will dissolve like empty air. Our name will be forgotten in time, and no one will remember our works. Our life will pass away like the traces of a cloud, and be scattered like mist that is chased by the rays of the sun, and overcome by its heat. For our allotted time is the passing of a shadow, and there is no return from our death, because it is sealed up, and no one turns back. Come, therefore, let us enjoy the good things that exist, and make use of the creation to the full as in youth. Let us take our fill of costly wine and perfumes, and let no flower of spring pass by us. Let us crown ourselves with rosebuds before they wither. Let none of us fail to share in our revelry. Everywhere let us leave signs of enjoyment, because this is our portion and this is our lot. Let us oppress the righteous poor man. Let us not spare the widow, nor regard the gray hairs of the aged. But let our might be our law of right, and what is weak proves itself to be useless. Let us lie in wait for the righteous man, because he is inconvenient to us and opposes our actions. He reproaches us for sins against the law, and accuses us of sins against our training. He professes to have knowledge of God, and calls himself a child of the Lord. He became to us a reproof of our thoughts. The very sight of him is a burden to us, because his manner of life is unlike that of others, and his ways are strange." We are considered by him as something base, and he avoids our ways as unclean. He calls the last end of the righteous happy, and boasts that God is his father. Let us see if his words are true. Let us test what will happen at the end of his life. For if the righteous man is God's son, he will help him, and will deliver him from the hand of his adversaries. 
Let us test him with insult and torture, that we may find out how gentle he is, and make trial of his forbearance. Let us condemn him to a shameful death, for according to what he says he will be protected. Thus they reasoned, but they were led astray, for their wickedness blinded them, and they did not know the secret purposes of God, nor hope for the wages of holiness, nor discern the prize for blameless souls. For God created man for incorruption, and made him in the image of his own eternity. But through the devil's envy, death entered the world, and those who belonged to his party experienced it. Our last reading for today is Luke chapter 6, verses 1 to 26. On a Sabbath, while he was going through the grain fields, his disciples plucked and ate some heads of grain, rubbing them in their hands. But some of the Pharisees said, what you, why, why are you doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath? And Jesus answered, Have you not read what David did when he was hungry, he and those who were with him, how he entered the house of God and took and ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for any but the priests to eat, and also gave it to those with him? And he said to them, The Son of Man is Lord of the, of the Sabbath. On another Sabbath, when he entered the synagogue and taught, a man was there whose right hand was withered. And the scribes and the Pharisees watched him to see whether he would heal on the Sabbath so that they might accuse, find an accusation against him. But he knew their thoughts, and he said to the man who had the withered hand, Come and stand here. And he rose and stood there. And Jesus said to them, I ask you, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do harm or to save life or to destroy it? And he looked around on them all and said to him, Stretch out your hand. And he did so, and his hand was restored. But they were filled with fury and disgust with one another what they might do to Jesus. In these days he went out to the mountain to pray, and all night he continued in prayer to God. And when it was day he called his disciples, and chose from them twelve, whom he named apostles, Simon, whom he named Peter, and Andrew his brother, and James and John, and Philip and Bartholomew, and Matthew and Thomas and James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon, who was called the Zealot, and Judas the son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who became a traitor. And he came down with them and stood on a level place with a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon, who came to hear him and be healed of their diseases. And those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured, and all the crowd sought to touch him, for power came forth from him and healed them all. And he lifted up his eyes on his disciples and said, Blessed are you poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you that hunger now, for you shall be satisfied. Blessed are you that weep now, for you shall laugh. Blessed are you when men hate you, and when they exclude you and revile you, and cast out your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven, for so their fathers did to the prophets." But woe to you that are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you that are full now, for you shall hunger. Woe to you that laugh, for you shall mourn and weep. Woe to you when all men speak well of you, for so their fathers did to the false prophets. That is everything for today. I hope you're having a wonderful day, and I will see you tomorrow. Bye for now.